0: Hello and welcome to the podcast filled with his love. So this past week, so many people in our nation have been somewhat riveted by the near death of an NFL football player, Damar Hamlin. Playing in a key contest between two of the best teams in the league, Damar, a safety, took a hard hit. He stood up momentarily and then he collapsed on the field. Trainers and medical professionals rushed onto the field to assess his injury. But this was no typical football injury. They took his pulse. It was okay. But then it stopped. Full cardiac arrest. What is cardiac arrest? Well, it's, it's not a heart attack, although a heart attack can lead to cardiac arrest. It's when the electrical signal in the heart stops. So the heart itself stops beating. No blood being pumped. No oxygen being carried in the blood. What did the medical professionals do? Of course, CPR. As soon as he went into cardiac arrest, they resuscitated him, not once, but twice. That means they used a portable defibrillator to restart his heart and get it beating again. It's like an electric shock. It shocks the heart into beating again, to beating regular, get a regular heartbeat. When Damar awoke in the hospital after being unconscious, he appeared to be, as the doctors said, quote, neurologically intact, which means he apparently suffered no brain damage. In the words of Jason Bartos, an MD-PhD at the University of Minnesota, quote, so in this case, actually what we see is the best case scenario, where the cardiac arrest is witnessed, in this case by millions of people, on television, and the person who has that cardiac arrest has immediate bystander CPR by trained professionals who are on the scene." A little over four years ago, I was one of those 400,000. No, I wasn't playing football in the NFL. I had the more typical cardiac arrest caused by heart attack. And I remember well the feeling just before they administered the paddles to shock my heart back into normal rhythm. Strangely, it wasn't a feeling of panic or stress or, I don't know, it wasn't a horrible thing. It simply was a realization that I was going to stop breathing. I knew that my lungs were going to stop and that I would not be able to inhale. Then I went unconscious, like Damar did. And while I was unconscious, my heart had stopped, they resuscitated me immediately, and then did some surgery, placed a stent, and I recovered remarkably fast but most of the 400,000 people who experience a cardiac arrest are not so fortunate as Daymar and me. My cardiac arrest happened immediately after I entered the hospital. And so my chances of survival were much higher. Damar's cardiac arrest occurred outside the hospital. And in those cases, 90% of those that occur outside the hospital die. Now, Why am I talking about cardiac arrest on a podcast called Filled with His Love? Frankly, I was quite captivated by the case of Damar Hamlin. Why? So much centered around love and care for another human being. Those who came on the scene after he collapsed had one and only one goal in their mind, to save his life. And they knew what they needed to do to help that happen. Then after he was hospitalized, an avalanche of love flowed to him in his his hospital bed. Millions had witnessed his collapse on TV, and millions more heard about it in the news. What did they do? They prayed for his recovery. They prayed that his life might be spared. Even the basketball player LeBron James sent his, quote, thoughts and super prayers, quote, to Damar and his family. So those who were close to him, like his family, and those who saw him on TV, and even those who did not see him and who had never heard of him, prayed for Damar and his loved ones. Why this outpouring of love and concern and prayers? No one wanted to see a twenty four year old healthy man die. But I think it was more than that. It was kinship for this young man, a love for someone who was in danger of losing his life. And what were some of Damar's first words when he began to regain consciousness? He sent a FaceTime message to all his teammates who were gathered. Quote, love you boys, exclamation point. That's all, just three words. And the coaches present said the whole team was emotionally moved. Quote, amazing. Touching to see Damar through my own eyes. It's something I've been looking forward to, Coach Sean McDermott said. He said they planned the FaceTime as a surprise since they weren't 100% sure of Hamlin's medical schedule. So seeing the team's reaction was amazing to watch. They stood up right away and clapped for him, McDermott said. He went on to say Hamlin made hand signals and gestures, flexing on the players and making a heart symbol and giving a thumbs up. We put Damar, like we did Damar's dad on the docks yesterday, on the big screen, so he was larger than life there for us, McDermott said, End quote. Lots of love coming from the hospital room to the room where his teammates were gathered, and lots of love returning to Daymar from everyone present. Here's the point I want to make. When someone's physical life is in danger, we all want to see a full recovery. Medical professionals, friends, family members, everyone wants to see the person alive and well. The motivation behind that desire? Love and concern for a fellow traveler in mortality. But what about when someone's spiritual life is in danger? What happens when we see ourselves or others making decisions that are spiritually destructive? In one of the most well-known verses in the New Testament, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. The focus here is not, I believe, on physical life, but on our spiritual well-being. God the Father loved His children, all of His children, so much that He provided a way for us to be forgiven of every inappropriate thought, every misdeed, every mistake we ever made or will ever make. He did not send him to condemn us for our sins. He sent Christ to save us from our sins, to wash them away completely, all because he loved us enough to send his only begotten, and his only begotten loved us enough to die for us. So one message I'm taking away from Damar Hamlin is this. I want to care enough about those who are struggling spiritually to do whatever I can to resuscitate their spirit. I know that spiritual resuscitation is as possible as is physical resuscitation. I have seen it over and over again. And both kinds of resuscitation happen because of love. Love from God the Father, love from His Son, love from family members, and love from friends. Timing is important for both kinds of life-saving measures. Damar needed to be resuscitated twice. Once wasn't enough. And then he needed lots of care in the hospital to help him regain consciousness. And so it is with the life-saving measures for spiritual life. A word here and a gesture there can give another person the hope to go on when they're discouraged. So many ways we can help someone regain a healthy spiritual life. I hope you and I can consider all those ways, as many ways as we can, to give a little spiritual rejuvenation to someone else. Maybe then we can help someone awake from that spiritual amnesia, that spiritual disease that they might be experiencing, and express their love to God And to others, just as Damar did to his teammates when he said, love you boys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.